Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is Series 3, Episode 178 of this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you very much once again for joining us as we continue our study of this week's Come Follow Me materials, covering uh, Doctrine and Covenants sections 67 uh, to uh, 70, uh, with the dates June the 21st to June the 27th. Um, and today we're looking at Doctrine and Covenants section 68. And we're going to cover this in a couple of days, as it's a bit of a of the lengthier sections that are left to study this week. And there's also a few principles in here which we can really probably dive deep into. But at first, of course, we will, uh, as always, have a look uh, with the background and context of this uh, chapter, as we do, as we have done with all the Doctrine and Covenants sections so far, uh, as they are quite unique in that way of needing that context. Um, this is at the same conference uh, where which we discussed yesterday, and in reality, we should have probably. Uh, looked at uh, this revelation first before yesterday's or the last couple of days because uh, this was given after the revelation given where uh, the, before the revelation where William McClellan volunteered to try and write a revelation himself and then failed in doing so uh, but uh, in this section where this is kind of uh, from the, the conference in general uh, and it comes as we as we'll, we'll turn to the Joseph Smith revelations um papers analysis uh, in the historical resources of the of the digital come follow me materials here to give us this context it says uh, quote on the 1st to the 2nd of november 1831 10 elders convened a conference in hiram ohio to discuss the publication of the book of commandments according to a later joseph smith history four of the conference attendees orson hyde luke johnson lyman johnson and william e mcclellan approached joseph smith during the conference and requested to know the lord's will concerning them this revelation came in response to their inquiry. The revelation provided more information about the evangelizing duties of the four men specifically and of elders in general, close quote. So <clears throat> as with many of these revelations, particularly the earlier ones, uh, these this revelation was given uh, to these four men to tell them what their role was in the work. Uh, and again, we learn this principle of, you know, if you are, if you have desires to serve God, he will call you to the work. He will give you responsibilities and duties. Uh, and sometimes those responsibilities and duties, we don't learn this from this particular experience. But sometimes these duties may not be exactly what we feel comfortable with or feel sure about or want to do. Uh, I was recently on a trip with uh, my class from my school. And it was a kind of outdoor adventurous at, uh trip where they have lots of different challenges and activities to do and some of them can be quite daunting particularly for younger younger children uh, and they talked about this idea of there being a comfort zone a panic zone and in the middle of those two zones you have your stretch zone and how they wanted to, to push the children into that stretch zone through that week rather than keep them in that comfort zone or send them into panic zone uh, and I think that this is the case with, I, I like that, and I like how this can apply to many places, including our responsibilities uh, in building the kingdom. Sometimes we are pushed to that stretch zone, but we need to remember that the Lord will support us to keep us out of that panic zone if we rely on him. This is not to say, of course, that if we you know, are struggling with something and we are panicking with something, it's our fault and we don't have faith. But the Lord can help bring us back uh, and, he'll, and he will help guide us in that way. And if that means that we need to be taken out of that role for a while, then, then so be it. Uh, I think it's important that 
that we understand that the Lord knows us and that he will be loving and understanding of, of each individual. <laughs> um, it then says uh, in the Revelations um, analysis, quote, after closing the portion of the Revelation addressed specifically to the four men with an amen, the document shifts its audience to the church in general and gives additional information about the office of bishop as well as counsel to members of the church in Zion, close quote. So there is actually kind of two sections to this revelation, uh, kind of the bit that's focused to these four brethren, but then also uh, a section which gives general information to the church, including a well-known verse, which we'll, we will be discussing uh, most likely tomorrow. Uh, so let's go to the actual scriptures now. Um, in Doctrine and Covenants section 68, and to start off with, uh, it says in verse one, my servant Orson Hyde was called to hit by his ordination to proclaim the everlasting gospel by the spirit of the living God from people to people and from land to land in the congregations of the wicked in their synagogues, reasoning with and expounding all scriptures unto them. So as we teach, as we testify, as we share our testimonies, the scriptures should be an important part of this. Um, and I think that understanding the doctrine is an important part of this as well. Um, J. Reuben Clark Jr. Uh, said this, quote, Sometimes people get to preaching, preaching false doctrines. Sometimes the elders get to telling their own ideas about what the gospel is, making their own explanations. The prophet records that on one occasion a man came to him and was very much surprised when the prophet told him that a prophet was not always a prophet. He was a prophet only when he spoke with the spirit of prophecy. Um, on two occasions today, that passage of the scripture has been quoted and referred to, which was really directed to Orson Hyde, but is applicable to all of us, that whatever the servants of the Lord say shall be scripture in the mind of the Lord, the will of the Lord, and the voice of the Lord, the power of salvation. Sometimes we overlook the beginning, what ye say under the direction of the Holy Ghost, close quote. So, yeah, it's an important point that, you know, we are to proclaim the gospel by the Spirit. We are to teach by the Spirit. And as we spoke about in Doctrine and Covenants 67, you know, this role of a prophet, this role of, or if we kind of go beyond the prophets and look at the leaders of the church as well, who are the Lord's anointed, who are called by God, Yes, they are given those roles, whether you're a Relief Society president, a primary teacher, a bishop, an elder quorum, a counsellor, or whatever you are, you are given this role, but you need to seek the Spirit to direct you in that work. Otherwise, you won't be working in that capacity. That has to be guided by him, um, which I think obviously puts upon us the importance of receiving the Spirit and seeking for it, but also gives us, I think, a bit of... Uh, comfort as well to know that we we don't we're not expected to be perfect all the time neither are we and neither is the prophet and so on uh, and i think that, that is uh, an important principle and again verse four refers to this uh, thing that uh, j reuben clark jr said it says and whatsoever they shall speak when moved upon by the holy ghost shall be scripture shall be the will of the lord the mind of the lord and the word of the lord and the voice of the lord now, this is not being spoken to Joseph Smith, let me point out. This is being spoken by uh, to the, the elders that are being referred to here. Um, and again, isn't this a wonderful thought that whatever they would say when moved upon by the Holy Ghost shall be scripture, which gives us an idea or perhaps a shift in our thinking about what scripture is. Of course, the scriptures we know refer to specifically the, the standard works that we have, the Holy Ghost, uh, the Holy Ghost, well, the Holy Ghost, I'll come to that. 
uh, the whole the, the Bible, uh, the Book of Mormon, Doctrine and Covenants, Pearl of Great Price. Of course, I think as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we understand that um, general conference words and talks are, are considered scripture as well. Uh, for these individuals are speaking by the power of the Holy Ghost. But we have to be careful with that um, because there is a... <sighs> There's the quotes given, and I don't have them to hand right now, but I've referred to them on this podcast previously, particularly by Elder D. Todd Christopherson, that what if an individual, if a leader of the church says one thing at one time, and it is not, you know, part of, or it's not referred to by scripture or something like that, it should not be considered doctrine or gospel truth, um, just because one general authority said this one time. That is different to when we have, um, a statement or a or a testimony that is based on scripture and on Christ and so on. I think that's an important uh, kind of difference to make, particularly when we consider um, how the Lord works through and teaches through many witnesses. Uh, Bruce R. McConkie said this, quote, To my way of thinking, there has never been a day from the time that Joseph Smith organised this church up to the present moment when it has not been led by revelation, led by inspiration, when the living oracles have not given the people the counsel and the instruction and the commandments of the Lord have wanted the people to have. He told his early elders that whatever they spoke when moved upon by the Holy Ghost was scripture. There will never be a time when the canon of scripture will be full. Just as long as there are elders in this kingdom to bear inspired witness of Christ, there will be more scripture. There has been more scripture given from this pulpit during the course of this conference Close quote. So we are given a great blessing, really, to, to know that we are given inspiration and we will continue to be given inspiration as long as there are elders of the church. And finally, to end this episode today, as we're starting to go a bit over, I want to look at verse six. It says, wherefore, be of good cheer and do not fear. I, the Lord, am with you and will stand by you and ye shall bear record of me, even Jesus Christ, that I am the son of the living God, that I was, that I am and that I am to come. And I just love, again, just how um, the Lord is always there to give us reassurance and lift us up. Marvin J. Ashton said this, quote, Good cheer is a state of mind or mood that promotes happiness or joy. Some like to think of good cheer as found in a bottle, a six-pack, an injection, a pinch under the lip, rationalisation or self-deceit. Incidentally, it has been my observation over the years that those who try to drown their sorrows with drink only sicken their tomorrows. With God's help, good cheer permits us to rise above the depressing present and or difficult circumstances. It is a process of positive reassurance and reinforcements. It is a sunshine when clouds block the light. Close quote. <clears throat> really important that. I like that kind of link between how worldly ways, worldly ways of finding pleasure or peace or reassurance often lead to darker tomorrows or worse tomorrows. And I think that... Um, that is something we need to remember, whereas the Lord's way of bringing us good cheer brings us an even brighter and brighter tomorrow until that perfect day. Thank you very much for listening today. I hope you've enjoyed the study. Please continue to follow the podcast, Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me on Facebook. You can email ldsstudysession at gmail.com. I would love to hear your study, what you've been thinking about, what you've been learning about. And if you could share that there, I'll share it in a future podcast episode. Thank you for your time. And until we meet again.